This is the Mended Paths Podcast with Chadwick Hayward, episode number five. Welcome to MendedPaths.com. Let's get back to bed. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me for the fifth episode of the Mended Paths Podcast. Today, I'm honored to speak with Dr. Arjun Rayapudi, who will share his insights and prescribe foods that love you back. Good morning, Dr. Rayapudi. You're a general surgeon and endoscopist, as well as a plant-based nutritionist. Those two things don't normally go together, but you developed an interest in the nutritional sciences after several years as a doctor. What drew you to this oft-neglected field? Well, uh, I finished my residency training in uh, general surgery at the University of Florida, and I took a job as a general surgeon. My first job as a general surgeon was on uh, Buren Peninsula in uh, rural Newfoundland. Hmm. When I walked into the clinic on first day of my job, my clinic was already overbooked. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, within the first few weeks uh, of starting my new job, I was slammed with consults of patients with uh, stomach cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer. I was also flooded with uh, consults of patients with various stomach and gut problems. I did not expect to be that busy, like uh, just coming out of the training. Yeah. For, to build a busy practice like that uh, in a place like Jacksonville where I trained, it would have taken me anywhere from three to five years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, it's, I was busy operating then is, um, uh, operating and taking care of these uh, patients with advanced cancers. These, some of these cancers were more advanced than what I saw in the uh, U.S. and also in India. Hmm. And, and uh, one scary part was um, a good number of these Patients that I was seeing were in their 40s and 50s. Oh, wow. So young for... Yeah. And uh, I was wondering, you know, what's going on here? Why there is uh, so much disease here? And around that time, I also learned that uh, Newfoundland has a higher percentage of people uh, with the diabetes, Hmm. heart disease, obesity, colon cancer, and stomach cancer compared to other provinces in Canada. Hmm. I wasn't sure what's going on here, why there is so much sickness. And uh, when I asked uh, some of my colleagues, the common answer I heard was uh, uh, bad genes. Newfoundland has bad genes. Well, it didn't make any sense at the time, like, uh, because I, I felt like these are Newfoundland, Newfoundlanders, as you know, are some of the most friendliest people. Yeah. You know, friendliest people. And the other thing that's amazed me about Newfoundland was so much of untouched, beautiful, serene land, like clean water and the fresh air. So you have a beautiful land with clean water, fresh air and nice, friendly people. And being cursed with bad genes didn't make any sense to me. Okay, But I, I wasn't sure what's going on. I was so busy taking care of uh, uh, my patients. I had no time to think. One day uh, after a long day of work, I decided to uh, chill with uh, Netflix. <laughs> I watched this movie called The Food Inc., Okay. Yeah, that's where my journey about the connection between food and health started. Like when I saw Food Inc., the Food Inc. uh, uh, is about the connection between our food choices on our health and also on our environment. After I saw that movie, uh, it's it's, uh, something sparked in me like, yes, looks like there is a connection and I want to learn more about it. Mm. And then I started binge watching almost every documentary that I could could get my hands on about food and health. Yeah. And the movie that really 
hit the nail on the head was Forks Over Knives. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fantastic movie, isn't it? <laughs> it's so good. And it, yeah. I did the same thing with binging on the documentaries. And the more you uh, watch, the more you want to learn because it's just so fascinating. That's right, yeah. Yeah, when I watched that movie, uh, I was also uh, not, I was not only fascinated, but I was also felt angry, like yeah. frustrated. You know, I it's, uh, what frustrated me was this, the work of these two giants, like Dr. Colin Campbell and Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. Yeah. You know, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn is a general surgeon, and uh, like I'm a general surgeon, so I could, I was like, it, this this guy is, is so cool. Like what he did. Hmm was he took these patients with advanced heart disease and these patients were told that there's nothing their cardiologist can do because the blockages were so advanced and he took them uh, under his care, helped them with transition to a plant-based diet yep. and these clogged arteries opened up. Yeah, it's almost miraculous, right? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like no stents, no bypass surgery and I couldn't stop comparing that with my experience in residency training. Yeah. Like, what we did was if somebody has a blockages in their legs or in the neck arteries or in the heart blood vessels, I participated in care of them. Like what we did was uh, we either uh, removed the blocked blood vessels or opened up the blocked blood vessels and tried to clean up the you know, clot or plaque. Yep. Or we took a, a veins uh, from different parts of the body to bypass it. Yeah. Or if, yeah. And like it doesn't. The other option is to use a synthetic graft. And if these things don't work, and you know, people ended up losing limbs. So I never presented this option to the patient. Uh, like uh, you could change your diet and uh, you probably could avoid having procedures. Yes, I mean, uh, you, you and I can say like not everybody is going to take that option. But I thought it was, a, it was almost like criminal that uh, going through all the training that we had that we weren't aware of this. Yeah, like I, I understand it varies from school to school, but there's very little nutritional training provided to medical students. How, how would you say, how would you assess the capacity of the average doctor to provide nutritional guidance? <laughs> uh, the thing is, uh, the medical doctors or medical students uh, get very little education in uh, nutrition. Hmm. If you look at the uh, um, the average uh, of like the amount of education uh, in nutrition that the medical students get across U.S., it's less than twenty four hours yeah. for the entire for the yeah, for the entire like you know four years of medical school training. I trained in India like uh, my medical school. Uh, we had to go through six years of res uh, medical school training, and we had to. Uh, uh, graduate from like you know 13 different subjects okay uh, yeah these are like anatomy physiology biochemistry microbiology pharmacology pathology forensic medicine ent ophthalmology community medicine general surgery obstetrics gynecology and internal medicine those are 13 subjects oh, wow. that we had to go through but we did not have a subject called nutrition hmm. or food education right so it would be very hard to assess how good a physician can uh, give their patients advice about nutrition unless they had a special interest in it or they have done uh, you know further education in uh, nutrition or uh, uh, behavioral counseling okay so really they would have to take it amongst themselves to to go and seek this out it's not really part of the curriculum that's right yeah okay 
So you have a video on how you helped your dad reverse his heart disease, his diabetes, his high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and you did it all with the power of a plant-based diet. Would you like to share your dad's journey with my listeners? Oh, I'd, I'd love to. Um, see, my dad was the one who inspired me to become a doctor. When I was um, uh, young, and uh, like five years old, uh, he asked me, what do I want to be when I grow up? Mm. I said, I don't know. What did you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> he, he always said that he wanted to become a doctor. He wanted to become a doctor, help people, and ease the suffering. Unfortunately, he could not become a doctor because of a lack of money and the resources. Okay. And I wanted to fulfill his dream. And that 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 was my impetus to uh, become a doctor. But uh, I've seen as as I was growing up, my dad struggled with his health. Like he struggled with uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, overweight. Uh, uh, last year, it all of these things caught up to him, and um, he started having short of breath. Okay. And uh, uh, he had an angiogram in last March. Uh, angiogram showed that uh, angiograms are the special X-rays of the heart, yep. uh, this, which these, the angiogram showed that he had more than 90% blockages in the main blood vessels that supply his heart. Wow. Yeah. One cardiologist suggested uh, that he have stents. Another cardiologist suggested that he had bypass surgery. And uh, my dad was in India then. He, when he called me with the news of his heart vessels being blocked, I felt as though mine had been broken. Hmm. Yeah, the thing is, is um, his heart was in big trouble. And top of that, these uh, procedures that were offered to him are pretty risky. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of complications that, you know, patients even having, after having bypass surgery or stents, um, like these stents getting clogged, getting heart attacks again, or someone who had a heart surgery, like it, getting terrible chest wound infections, having strokes after the the surgery. So I was uh, uh, I was quite stressed out about my dad's uh, whole health situation. Understandably so. Yeah. On top of that, uh, along with that, I was I felt like you know how good of uh, if I uh, how good of uh, me being a doctor if I couldn't save if I can't save my own dad's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. I asked him, like, you know, instead of having, uh, luckily, by this time, I was aware of the power of this plant-based nutrition because, uh, uh, as I mentioned, like, once I learned um, the thing after the folks over knives, I spent almost a year going back to medical journals to re and reviewed the peer-reviewed uh, published articles about connection between food and health. Yeah. And the more I learned, the more I uh, uh, saw, like, how strong the connection was. And I started applying some of the principles of the plant-based nutrition in my practice. And I saw my patients, you know, getting better. Just around that time, this happened that my, you know, my dad was diagnosed with the heart vessel blockage. So uh, I was fortunate to have this knowledge with me. So I asked him, instead of having your chest cut open, uh, why don't you change your da? Uh, why don't you just open your mouth and put different foods? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he wasn't too excited about it, <sighs> about that. <laughs> People yeah. are resistant to change initially, right? Food is such, right, an important, yeah. or such a big part of people's lives. That, that is so true. That is so true. But the other thing he, is this. There are, there are multiple layers to this. Like he had two cardiologists hmm. like telling him that he needs either stents or bypass surgery because of advanced blockages. And he needs that the same week. 
Oh my God. Yeah, he was told like, so I have uh, a younger brother, an older sister and a younger sister, like all of them, they live in India. And like, I'm the only doctor in the family. So everyone is calling me. It's like, yeah. what are we doing? What are we going to do about dad? Like, you know, so, so. Well, and I'm, those procedures don't increase long-term survivability, I don't believe. Right. Because they, they're, they're just curing the the symptom and not really the underlying problem. That, that is true. Like the, see, angiogram, uh, like when somebody, um, if someone is having an acute heart attack, like they're having a heart attack yeah. right now, and if they get to the hospital within 90 minutes, and if they happen to have uh, like a cath where uh, the cardiologists do the die tests and they look at the blockages and they either balloon those blockages or put a stent yeah. across, those things are beneficial if somebody is having an acute heart attack. Of course, yeah. Yeah, but... The studies show that if if these uh, the lesions of the, uh, the plaques or the blockages these are anything that is not acute like uh, the doing stents or doing bypass surgeries are not that helpful. Yeah. So so I had to actually uh, it was an uphill battle for me to convince uh, my dad like you know why don't you just try this for uh, two weeks hmm. and uh, he decided to try it for two weeks and within two weeks he walked longer distances with no shots of breath <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, also his blood sugar control was the best like the best that he had in like 20 years and blood sugars were started plummeting like and his doctor had to cut down his diabetic pills by 50 percent. that's incredible and after that he was hooked I didn't have to do anything because his body was telling him that he's doing the right things. And he wanted to learn more, actually. And we left a book for him two years prior to this incident. That book was a program for reversing diabetes yeah. by, Dr. by Dr. Neil Barnard. Okay. But he never opened it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, you can lead a horse to water, right? But you can't force yeah. it to drink. So That's right, yeah. So after the two weeks, he, he read that book like page to page and he, he, and it became easy for me because his body was giving him the signals that he's doing the right things. So that's awesome. Three months later, he reversed his uh, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure and high cholesterol and came off of five different medications that he was taking for over 20 years. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, it, it is. I still, I, I mean... It's one of the most amazing things I have seen. Now, six months later, he uh, his heart got stronger, and he finished the he could finish the heart treadmill stress test that he could not finish before. Wow! And uh, not only that, like you know, it's it, it not not just his physical health improved. He also uh, became more attentive. And as I said, like I have three other siblings, and the conversations that we had among us was like you know. We have never seen dad like this, so energetic, so attentive. And uh, he learned how to use WhatsApp, how to use Facebook. And yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... Um, that That's incredible. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing how well our bodies are perfectly programmed for self-healing. As long as you give them the right inputs. That's right, the right condition. That, yeah. Wow. So I guess as a as a surgeon and endoscopist, have you had the opportunity to see the power of the plant-based diet on the inner workings of the human body? Uh, like, what are some of the changes you've witnessed in your patients? So with a plant-based diet, I've seen, 
hundreds of my patients uh, improving their symptoms of uh, acid reflux, hmm. constipation, hemorrhoids. Uh, usually these things get better within a um, few days to weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, also ir- abdominal bloating, irritable bowels. These symptoms uh, I've seen resolving, like getting better within a few days to weeks. That's awesome. Uh, t- just to give you an example, like let me tell you, uh, let me share a couple of stories of uh, my patients. Anne was... Um, she was in 60s and uh, she was retired and uh, she was like a mother and a grandmother and she had arthritis for over 30 years. She came to me with irritable bowels and uh, like we did all the workup that is that was indicated and we could not find any cause. Okay. And I, 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 I presented her this possibility to her like, you know, would you consider changing your diet and see whether your symptoms improve? And she took that possibility. Within the next three months, uh, her uh, abdominal bloating and, and the uh, gastro, like the uh, stomach and the gut symptoms, they resolved. That's great. Not only that, her arthritis, which kept on worsening for 30 years, like they doc- her doctor cut the dose of arthritis medications by 75% in three months. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> she lost uh, 35 pounds. And in that in the three three months, and uh, the other thing is like her daughter kept noticing that her mom had so much energy. Uh, things like simple things that previously she had to uh, sit down slowly when she was sitting onto the couch, and after she went on this diet, she was going up and down the stairs with no problem. Like you know, even getting up on the couch sitting and getting up on the couch as if like, you know, it's a routine thing for her. So more energy, uh, weight loss and uh, arthritis reversal. That's incredible. Yeah. Another uh, um, a client of ours was uh, Denise and Denise uh, came to one of our workshops. My wife and I, we do workshops in our community. It's a three-day weekend workshop hmm. to educate uh, and empower people about the plant-based lifestyle and also we help them transition like you know do the cooking classes and uh, show take them to the local grocery store that's awesome to do a shopping tour and we also take them to a local restaurant to teach them how to order food uh, outside and over those three days they get to taste almost uh, uh, 35 to 40 different plant-based foods that's awesome that you do that yeah and we started doing that in this march and uh, one of the participants was denise and she came all the way from st john's when she she had uh, diabetes for several years and she was on seventy four insulin seventy four units of insulin uh, prior to she came to a workshop within uh, three months it was cut down to ten units and now she's off of insulin wow <laughs> and she she's off of her cholesterol medications and she always wanted to get up to the signal hill you know signal yep. hill uh, yeah with uh, and she had to do that. Before, uh, previously with, you know, multiple stops getting to the top, like with short, some uh, difficulty. Yeah. Now she can go up and down the signal hill with no no problem. That's awesome. And she, she's lost over 50 pounds. Since March. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it truly is powerful. Yeah. There is, nothing, there is nothing close in medicine that I know of could come close to what a plant-based diet can do when it comes to chronic diseases. Yeah. I mean, if somebody is having acute disease, like 
if somebody has a, an accident or yeah. uh, or a cut or like a broken bone or uh, you know ruptured bowel yes there is a role for uh, definitely you know you need to have the best specialist or the uh, best uh, medical facility absolutely but when it comes to chronic disease i mean there is nothing better than a, a plant based diet i think that's fantastic so th- that's some anecdotal examples what's what kind of scientific evidence that you know of or is there for plant based diets is plant based diet and lifestyle is backed by hundreds of scientific studies like uh, the most incredible one which uh, still amazes me is to is dr esselstein's uh, study that i just mentioned yeah. uh, a, a, a bit earlier he followed over 200 patients over last 20 years these patients had severe heart disease and some of them had advanced heart disease so that their cardiologist said there is nothing they could do like no more stents yeah uh, they no more bypass because they already had multiple stents like failed and dr esselstein you know took them under care, under his care put them on a plant based diet and he followed them over almost 20 years and more than 90% of the people when uh, of his patients when they followed his recommendation uh, like a diet centered on uh, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, uh, beans, this kind of lifestyle, more than 90% of the time, the symptoms uh, resolved, symptoms went away. And in most of these cases, symptoms got better even within three weeks of starting this kind of lifestyle. Yeah, that's incredible. And the other study that I think everyone should know is uh, what Dr. Dean Ornish did. Dr. Dean Ornish is a, is a, a professor of medicine at the University of California at San Francisco. Yep. He did a, a study on a patients who had early prostate cancer. Like uh, He took hun- uh, close to 100 patients and uh, split them into two groups. One group got, uh, were uh, counseled about a plant-based diet and uh, uh, other things like uh, increasing uh, their activity and decreasing the stress in their life, you know, talking more to their friends and family. Yep. And the other group, uh, the other half did not get any of this. The people, the, the group that had, were put on a plant-based lifestyle and uh, when they were followed over the next year, what was noticed is the PSA. PSA is a tumor marker for prostate cancer. The PSA levels dropped significantly. Hmm compared to the other group. Not only that, they were able to show with the uh, scans uh, that some of the tumors uh, in these patients also shrunk on a plant-based diet. That's awesome. Yeah. uh, So we have evidence that a plant-based diet can uh, reverse heart disease, which is the number one killer if you're in the U.S. And it's the number two killer if you're in Canada. What is the number one killer here in Canada? Is it cancer? It's cancer. So it's inverted from the U.S. because I think the number two in the U.S. is cancer. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we know that uh, most of the common, most common cancers, the breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer, there is a significant interplay of diet and lifestyle factors. We cannot just single out, you know, one thing, but diet and lifestyle play a significant role in the not only in the prevention but also in the treatment of these cancers. Yeah. Like and people get diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and colon cancer, we have evidence to show that like when they transition to a plant-based diet, even when they're getting the chemotherapy and uh, the, the traditional treatments like surgery or chemotherapy, you, if you complement that with a plant-based diet or stay away from the standard Western diet or a sad diet, yeah. the, uh, the mortality uh, is 
is better, the morbidity is better, like they have better outcomes. Yeah, and I, I think it was Dr. Campbell that did the research where he could basically turn cancer growth on and off with, uh, I think it was Cassian protein from dairy. Yes, the, he did that study in um, animals, like in, in rats, where he showed that these rats, some of these lab rats, they were induced with uh, artificial uh, tumors in the in the liver. And when these rats were subjected to a, 5 uh, a diet that, that is coming from, a diet that has 5% calories coming from the protein, the cancer cells did not grow. Yeah. But when they were, when the... Uh, when the calories from the protein were increased to 20%, the, can the cancer started growing. They, and when they put the, these rats back on 5% protein diet, the cancer sh uh, started, uh, the, the growth started uh, like... Um, it slowed, stop. yeah. Yeah, slowed, yeah. So that we, that's from the animal studies. But when you look at the uh, human studies... Like, as I said, uh, Dr. Dean Arnish was able to show that, you know, early prostate cancer can be slowed down. Yeah. When it comes to diabetes, we have a huge amount of uh, evidence, support of plant-based diet. Dr. Neil Barnard of uh, Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine, they did a study on diabetics, and it was funded by National Institute of Health. And they took uh, close to 100 uh, patients with uh, diabetes, and they split into two groups. Half of them were put on a plant-based diet, and the other half was a standard ADA diet, that is American Diabetic Association diet. Yeah. The people who were put on a plant-based diet, they did three times better in, when it comes to the decrease in hemoglobin A1C. Hemoglobin A1C is the marker of uh, uh, your blood sugar control over like uh, three months. That's what we follow in people with diabetes. Okay. So the, it, the, the drop in hemoglobin A1C was three times compared to... Um, three times in uh, patients that were on a plant-based diet uh, compared to the ones that followed a standard uh, uh, ADA diet, American Diabetic Association diet. Yeah. So essentially, the ADA diet didn't work. It did work. Like It did, it did work. Like it, it worked better than the general population. Okay. But the, but the plant-based diet was, uh, was more, much more effective okay. compared to the ADA diet. So moving on, it seems that uh, several of your patients you mentioned before lost weight um, along with reversing their chronic diseases. Um, could you share, I know we touched on this a little bit with the evidence, but could you share why a plant-based lifestyle is just so effective for weight loss? See, plant-based diets uh, work uh, very well for uh, weight loss and not only just losing weight, but also uh, keeping it off. The thing, a plant, when I say a plant-based diet, it is a diet centered on unrefined or minimally processed whole grains, beans, nuts and seeds, fruits and vegetables. These foods, in general, these are low in calorie density. Calorie density uh, is, is, I think, is probably one of the most important concepts that people need to know when they're, trying, when they're trying to eat sensibly and trying to lose weight. Calorie density means the number of calories per bite of food. Yeah. Uh, like when you're taking a bite of, uh, of, of any vegetable, like a tomato or uh, 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 <laughs> um, a zucchini or a piece of kale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're eating a, uh, uh, taking a bite of uh, uh, vegetables or fruits, like they are low in calorie density. If a bite of a, a banana or an apple may give you like, you know, 10 calories per bite, but 
you compare that, a bite of uh, uh, rice or potato will give you maybe 15, 20 calories. Compare that with the chicken or fish or turkey or beef or pork or dairy products like cheese and butter, you're getting about yeah. 35 to 40 calories per bite. And, and, uh, and barely any nutrition to go along with it, right? That's right, yeah. And yes, they are loaded with uh, you know uh, fats and proteins, but when it comes to micronutrients, plant-based foods are very rich in uh, micronutrients. Yeah. Um, the other thing, like the way our stomachs work is we have what we call stretch receptors or the volume receptors. Yeah. Plant-based, th- like when we eat food, the stomach stretches and the stomach sends a signal to the brain to stop eating. A plant-based food, since these are low in calorie density, we could eat a, a higher volume of food and we could get the signal of stretch from the stomach quickly compared to the high calorie dense animal based foods so com- if yeah. you compare like you know, let's if you want to if, if you can imagine like 4 uh, ounces of cheese which is close to 500 calories uh, wouldn't even fill like one fourth or one fifth of your stomach compared to yeah. you know 500 calories of uh, potatoes beans and fruit uh, vegetables it your stomach would be almost uh, full up to three fourths yeah and uh, other thing is uh, and a plant-based diet, people also feel full for longer because of the fiber. Fiber yeah. keeps us full. And studies show that uh, the more fiber you eat, it's uh, the more weight we lose. Uh, like To be exact, for uh, every 14 grams of fiber we increase in the diet, we end up eating uh, almost 200 calories per day. That translates to almost two pounds per month. Oh, wow. And the fiber also slows digestion, right? Yes, it uh, it slows digestion and it also adds bulk. Yeah. Since there is bulk and more volume, uh, we are uh, like our stomach senses the signal, sends the signal to the brain that it is it is uh, you know it is uh, satisfied. Yeah. So you don't you don't end up eating excess calories on chicken and and rice. Yeah. Uh, you end up getting your the calories you need um, eating whole plant foods. Mm-hmm. Excellent. See the um, eating this way uh, uh, plant based on a plant based diet. I was able to lose uh, over fifty pounds and uh, was able to keep it off for over eight years. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Uh, the, one of the reasons why I transitioned to a plant-based diet eight years ago, I, I transitioned towards a plant-based diet. At that time, I called it as a vegetarian diet. Okay. Because I wanted to, um, I was I was quite stressed at the time. Like I was in a third year of uh, my surgery residency. We were working like 100 hours a week. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and the stress levels were quite high. And one of my friends suggested, why don't you just, you know, like at the time, my typical diet was like kind of a breakfast um, oh, before I tell you about the diet, like I have to let you know, like, you know, we were in residency and food was free for the residents in the cafeteria. So you could, okay. all, you could, <laughs> you could eat all what you want. So the breakfast was like, uh, you know, Western uh, omelet with uh, ham and eggs. And uh, the lunch was typical uh, uh, fried chicken with the uh, fries and the, the suppers. Uh, my wife used to make the best chicken biryani and the fish curry and the prawn. Like, you know, for me, if it yeah. wasn't meat, it wasn't food. <laughs> Absolutely. I had the same experience as well. Yeah. Before yeah. I changed. Yeah. So uh, I was like, one of my friend had uh, uh, suggested, like, you know, why don't you just change, uh, start looking into changing your diet a bit. And that will, uh, he, it helped him 
with his performance and distress level. So I considered that option and I uh, cut out meat uh, at the time gradually. And within next uh, seven months, I lost uh, 50 pounds. And I, oh, stuck wow. to, I stuck to that kind of uh, uh, lifestyle, uh, vegetarian lifestyle. I was still eating a little bit of uh, eggs and uh, dairy products. Okay. But once I knew about uh, the study of uh, like uh, Dr. Colin Cam- studies of Dr. Colin Campbell, Dr. Esselstein, I went all the way uh, uh, whole food plant based, and uh, I did not realize prior to knowing about the health benefits why it was easy for me to lose the weight and keep it off. Yeah. So and I've seen it happening uh, in my patients. Like uh, uh, s- several of them lost uh, uh, hundreds of pounds of weight and uh, were able to successfully keep it up as long as they stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. If you go back to the standard diet, then uh, the weight com- typically comes back on, right? Yes. And actually, studies show that people, when they lose weight uh, by dieting and they go back to regular eating, they end up shooting beyond the weight they started. Like yeah. almost 97% of people, when they lose weight, uh, by dieting, uh, within next uh, uh, three to five years, they gain it back. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of the problem. There is the terminology is we we talk about diets, yeah. um, and people see it as a, a diet is something you go on, and mm-hmm. not it is my diet, right? As as, yeah. as a characteristic of what I eat in a day. Like if mm-hmm. you go to a zoo, mm-hmm. the, the zebra has a specific diet and the lion has a specific diet, but they don't go on diets. Yeah. And so pe- people end up thinking that they need to go on a diet and then that's only a finite period of time. And then they return to their normal culturally accepted way of eating. And then it, it's, it's a patch. It's not a lifestyle change. Yeah, it it is uh, almost always a, a, a short term approach. Yeah. So diet is a short term thing, and it's uh, and I, I actually avoid using this word diet because this is a lifestyle thing. And the any time we uh, think of dieting, the pe- most of uh, my patients think about like a you know, feeling of this deprivation that you yeah. know they that they can't eat their favorite foods. But the, the thing is, on a plant-based diet, most of the times the foods that they eat are the foods that they already know. Yeah. Like we're talking about pastas, pizzas, uh, pancakes, uh, potatoes, uh, even popcorn, soups and stews and stir fries. It's all yep. the foods that they already know. So when we do these workshops, like, you know, we try to prepare the foods that they already know, uh, modify it a little bit. Yeah. I found that with ourselves as well. Instead of... Um... I don't see it as taking away chicken. I'm adding beans. I'm adding mushrooms. I'm adding uh, zucchinis that I, that I wouldn't have used nearly as much before. It's um, mm-hmm. the reductionist viewpoint makes it challenging for some people. Where really, it's there's so much more bounty. You're adding more than you ever had before. Yeah, that's right. Like adding adding more different types of food adding more joy hmm. and uh, and one thing we got, we got to talk about taste buds like our taste buds change of course yeah and our taste buds change because some of the resistance come from the thing like you know people are worried that uh, that the food is not going food is going to be planned it's not it's going to be tasteless and they're not going to enjoy it but 
I've seen it hundreds of times. Like when, especially the the remarkable thing is when we do these workshops, like three day workshops, they come with all this like uh, misconceptions. On Friday evening, when we started, like when they fill out the questionnaire, they think that the food is going to be planned. It's going to be tasteless by Saturday morning. Their perception has changed because they already tasted by ten, ten different foods by Sunday evening. It, it like they they feel like they could do it because most of the foods are the foods that they already know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So the taste buds usually take about like two to three weeks to change. Okay. And uh, when it comes to the difficult, most difficult cravings, they take almost up to uh, one and a half to three months. Okay, yeah. These are only for difficult cravings. So we uh, um, we talk about like you know, how to prepare for those. We try to identify with each one of them what is their difficult foods. Like, you know, is it the chips or the yeah. cheese or the... Uh, the popcorn and we try to do uh, prepare those foods with for these participants or give them the recipes uh, try to prepare those foods that they have uh, trouble with and still be able to enjoy without having these dairy products and the and the meats yeah so a healthy alternative to whatever their craving was yeah yeah Awesome. Well, sorry to jump back a little bit here, but it wasn't until your dad was faced with open heart surgery that you were able to convince him to try a diet change, try a lifestyle change. Do you have any advice for people with loved ones who are resistant to change themselves? The first thing I would say is, is uh, leading by example. Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever we're trying to share with our loved ones, I think we have to live it. Only when we live it and they, our loved ones see it that, you know, they are more open to trying. The other, and the other thing is uh, making sure the food is tasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, in, in, in my dad's case, uh, it, if it wasn't for my mom, like my mom was the one, she was the unsung hero in this, the whole my dad's stories. My mom was the one who made sure that she was the one who prepared the foods according to, you know, our uh, uh, like, you know, suggestions. Yeah. And uh, she made sure that like, it's uh, all plant based, no dairy, no uh, meats, no eggs and no oil. I think we got to come back to this question of oil. We'll, we'll come back. I was going to ask you about that <laughs> yeah, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So making sure the food is tasty. That's that. I think that's the key. And. I've seen several of my uh, friends, like, you know, even when we have uh, like Christmas, hospital Christmas parties and, you know, we have uh, uh, huge gatherings and um, the kitchen makes a meal, uh, whatever meal we prefer. And very few people choose a plant-based meal. And when we sit around with other friends and like they look at our meal and they said like yours looks so t- like it looks so it looks delicious that they want to try it yeah i've heard that so many times that people end up choosing the meat option and being envious of the plant-based option that's right yeah and my wife and i we actually uh, make sure that we talk to the chef before where are we going this is what we're looking for <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah. And it's, it's strengthening your connection to what you eat, right? You're not just ordering what someone else thinks you should be ordering. You're, you're making the connection of this is the food I want to eat to fuel my body. And, and you're putting that intention into it. So mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. And the other thing also that would help our loved ones is to, I mean, if you could provide a bit of clarity, because people are so confused about, about what is healthy to eat. Yeah. So confused. And, uh, 
I think watching uh, uh, folks overnight together, like, you know, that's how it started in, in my house. Is, uh, I, I watched that movie and uh, that opened my brain cells. And then I asked my wife if she wants to watch the movie. She said, okay, let's just watch it. And then uh, my wife is also a physician. And yep. uh, we do, uh, so she... And she's a researcher, clinical researcher, so she understands the research better than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was uh, easy uh, for us as a family if you know both of us knew about the information. I think having the right information and uh, having support, support is so key. Like yeah. you know, this change is so hard. I mean, this is changing our diet is one of the hardest thing uh, that we could do, and like having the right support, family, friends. Some people don't may, may not have the physical support. Like when I say um, physical support, like you may not have the right people around you. Yeah. Like your family or friends, then try to find the online support. Yeah. I mean, we are in a yeah. Like you know, there are so many Facebook groups. So the support groups work. Uh, I've seen them. I've seen them working very well for some people who don't have that. Uh, uh, the the people right support, around them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important, like you said, that like the food is tasty. It's not, it's either healthy or it's tasty. There isn't a divide like that. It's not uh, that kind of dichotomy. Mm-hmm. It can, it can truly be both. Yes. Yeah. One thing I say to my patients is like, um, uh, or my friends or families, uh, yes, the food, ha- the taste is important. I mean, if the, if the food is not tasty, we're not going to enjoy it and we're not going to sustain it, but to make sure it's all not only delicious, but it's also nutritious. Yeah. Uh, don't just stop at the taste, you know, look beyond it. Like, uh, um, like, is it, is it good for you? And, and not just that, I think we also got to focus on connecting with the food. Absolutely. I think connecting with the food is so important. Like, you know, how this food is uh, made, what the food is going through by the time it becomes, you know, comes onto a table. Yeah. Because every, every morsel that we're putting into our mouth is becoming part of our body. That's right. You truly are what you eat. Yeah. So your your interest led you to pursue a plant-based nutrition certificate from Cornell University, as well as Dr. McDougall's Starch Solution Certificate. I know both of these programs emphasize a whole food, plant-based, no oil added diet and lifestyle. A lot of people wonder why they shouldn't add oil. Uh, it, it's vegetable-based. Can you talk a little bit about why we wouldn't want to add something like oil to our meals? So the thing is, all oils are processed foods. If you look at uh, olive oil versus olives, uh, to uh, like a spoon of uh, a tablespoon of olive oil provides about 120 calories. Yeah. To get the same amount of uh, um, calories um, from the olives, we have actually have to eat about 25 to 40 olives, depending upon the size. Wow. So it's heavily processed. And not only that, like when you're processing from the olives to olive oil, you're losing a lot of nutrients. Like this, uh, this 25 to uh, 40 olives have, they supply almost uh, three grams of protein, three grams of fiber, and uh, even trace elements in them. But Olive oil doesn't have any protein, doesn't have any fiber, doesn't have a whole lot of nutrients. The only thing it, it is, is this liquid fat, pure liquid fat. Yeah. So it is heavily processed. And the studies show that uh, um, almost all oils, they damage the inner lining of the blood vessels. 
yeah, I think even olive oil within a half an hour of consuming it, um, there's constriction in the, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, endothelial of the blood vessels, right? Constriction of the blood vessels, uh, even uh, within half hour of eating a high fat oil based diet. Yeah, and that that's incredible. Even even yeah. from some what people would call healthy plant based fats. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and the same thing goes for soybean oil, corn oil, canola oil, coconut oil. But oils are processed foods. They are not whole plant foods. So it's just like uh, you know we're getting sugar from the sugar cane. Yeah. Oil is like from the uh, like coconut oil is like coconut uh, from the coconut. Like it's 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 better to eat the whole coconut. Okay. Are are the you know olives and not the processed the oils from them. Okay, so I I would personally not recommend someone to have coconut because it's one of the few plant sources of saturated fat. Um, would you you don't see that as being a problem if it's coming from a whole plant or no? If it's if it's coming from a whole plant, as long as you don't have any chronic disease. There is no evidence to show that we should be avoiding these high-fat plant foods. When I'm saying that, like okay. you know, we're talking about the nuts or the avocados or the coconut, it's it's uh, they are a part of the you know you could include them as a part of a, a plant-based diet. But when it comes to Dr. Esselstein's research, like that's for patients, and uh, his research was on patients who had advanced heart disease. Yeah, he he suggests like you know staying away from these high plant foods like the nuts and uh, uh, the olives or the avocados or the coconut. Okay. But that's for people who have severe blockages. Okay, yeah. And he, call, he calls that as a plant perfect food. <laughs> for, you know, for, if people don't have any chronic diseases, I think we could, uh, uh, eating uh, nuts and uh, uh, like coconut or avocados, the, these foods are uh, in fact uh, healthier options. Awesome. Thanks for clarifying. So for anyone's listening right now, is there any resources uh, that you would suggest if they wanted to go out and learn more about this? Uh, the first thing I would suggest the, is uh, watch Folks Over Knives. It's a, a great uh, documentary that uh, uh, lays the foundation about connection between the food and health. And uh, the next thing you could uh, do is like, you know, go to the nutritionfacts.org if for, for the curious ones, like who wants to learn more. It's by Dr. Michael Greger. It is, uh, Dr. Greger makes uh, uh, daily uh, videos on uh, these videos are based on uh, scientific evidence. Uh, the videos are on uh, yeah, I think they they have video on on the latest nutritional science, and they cite all the sources um, that they're using for those. And so you can you can actually go into the publications and read the the full text from which he's he's pulling the data. That's right. right? Yeah, and those are two to five minute videos, easy to understand and uh, evidence based uh, nutrition related videos. And then uh, uh, once you uh, understand, you know. Why plant-based? Why go plant-based? And the next question comes is how to do it. You know, yeah. there are so many good resources out there. Like uh, Folks Over Knives is a great place to start. There uh, lots of recipes. We created a website uh, called giftofhealth.org. And on that, we have over 100 uh, recipes. Some of them are Indian recipes. Some of them are 
uh, Newfoundland recipes. These are recipes that are tried and tested by people in Newfoundland area. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, then getting uh, help, like uh, sub, uh, trying to travel in this journey with people who have already done it. Uh, because it's 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 hard to do it when you're by yourself. Uh, I think getting support will also help. And lastly, I think uh, I, I think I want everyone to realize that uh, our bodies are perfectly programmed for self healing, and all we have to do is to provide the right conditions. Yeah, let let food be thy medicine, and medicine be thy food. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Right. And actually, you know, Hippocrates said the food is medicine, right? Like you know, let medicine yep. be food, but. In my experience, I think food, the right kind of food, the plant-based foods work better than medicine. Yes. When it comes to chronic diseases. Yeah, you may be able to lower your blood pressure with a statin drug, but mm-hmm. um, you're not lowering your heart attack risk. Yes. Right, so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's You've been very insightful and provided so much information for people to absorb. Um, I really appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule and, and letting people know the power of a whole food plant-based diet. No oil. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Shadwick, for having me on your show. I, I, I loved uh, our chat and uh, um, I wish all of your listeners uh, the best of health. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, it seems like we're out of time again. Thanks for listening to the Mend It Pass podcast at www.menditpass.com. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and share. Thank you so much. See you all next time. Visit